Welcome to Avatar with Academics. I am Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it before. Annie, we have made it to episode 13, uh, book one, Water, chapter 13, The Blue Spirit. It's so good. I already had to interrupt you because I'm like, ooh, it's just so good. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah, I feel like last week I kind of got a dud of an episode, and this week I got one of the greats. I can Mm -hmm. already tell this is one that people look back on and be like, oh, remember when this happened? Yes, before we get too far, I watched this again with my husband, Mike, and he was like, this is the turning point for me. He was like, I liked this show. And then this episode was like, oh, okay, I see where we're going. Like, this is much better than I even thought. Yeah. And, it, you know, it in some ways, it's delivered on some things I thought the sh- I was hoping the show was going to do. And then you get here and you're like, okay, yep, they're they're full on doing this. Yeah. I think you've predicted some of this stuff already. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> well, I was able to predict a kid's show where it was going. <laughs> All right. So let's jump, <laughs> let's jump right into the summary here. So this episode opens uh, kind of on an overhead shot of a dark landscape. And we see this large bird kind of with trailing like streamer feathers. And this caught my attention because we've seen this before. This is very similar to the opening of uh, The Winter Solstice Part 1, The Spirit World. Yeah, I remember that from that too. Yeah, it's like a sign that things are exciting. (laughs) Right. Now, this bird's a little different because we see like straps on its back or something. Oh. It's like a crossed like straps on its back. So um, we're going to learn where that what this bird is uh, mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, and we see that, you know, we move from that to this giant Fire Nation fortress. Right. Um, which I was excited to explore this fortress in this episode. We haven't really been in Fire Nation territory very much. And we kind of don't even know where that territory exists in right. this world, too. Well, and yeah, and, and this... What I don't know is, is this Fire Nation territory, like, is this the Fire Nation or is this territory they've taken over? Right. Yeah. Because we've seen that, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, but this, this seems like a pretty massive uh, building project to build a fortress like this. So mm-hmm. this is, this is a, this is a solid. It's a well-established <laughs> yes, Fire Nation fortress. Yes. They didn't throw this, uh, just this, throw this <laughs> up real, right away. Um, so we see uh, a group of archers. And we see one of them shoots three arrows. He hits a bullseye, and then he twice splits the arrow with the next two arrows. So mm-hmm. it's a very, like, animated Robin Hoodie. Like, this is, mm-hmm. like, the, the peak of precision. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pan up to a tower that's overlooking where, where the archers are. And we see uh, one of our old... A familiar face. Yes, I was going to say old friend, but I don't know that Commander <laughs> Zhao is an old friend, exactly. No. Uh, and he's talking with someone that we'll learn is named uh, Colonel uh, Sinyu. Yeah. Sinyu. Um, and Zhao is trying to uh, get these archers uh, from Shinyu. He says, uh, and, and Shinyu says, absolutely not. The Yuyan archers stay here. Mm. Uh, so it's clear that Shin, uh, Shinyu outranks Zhao. Right. Yeah. Uh, because Zhao is sort of pleading with him. Uh, and he's like, their, pre- their precision is levin- uh, legendary. They can pin a fly to a tree from 100 <laughs> yards away without killing it. Woo. All right. Yes. You're, wasting your, you're wasting their talents using them as mere security guards. So we see that Zhao has a plan or a mission. And he's like, these can be a tool in that. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of sitting here. And, and in truth, like watching these guys, it is sort of like... Why? Why are they guarding a fortress? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. Just watching them for fun. I don't I like being teamed out, but I'm like, yeah, probably. The you're, guy's you're, practical, you're probably if anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, what's interesting? Th- this is this is a moment that um, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Sinu says the search for the Avatar 
is nothing more than a mere vanity project. We're fighting a real war here. Right. Which, like, up until now, we were like, doesn't isn't that the point? Like, everybody wants the Avatar, where now... I guess, I mean, it's been 100 years without one, so maybe the Fire Nation is like, we have bigger things to do? Well, this goes back to stuff that we saw in really early episodes where there was, even even Zhao was sort of questioning, like, well, does the Avatar even exist? Is this some, like, weird mission that, that mm. Zuko's on? And, and, you know, now Zhao has seen Aang, so he knows that, 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 he's, that, that Aang is real and the Avatar is real, but this is a reminder that not everyone in the Fire Nation is necessarily on board with this whole Avatar mythology because it probably feels like a mythology at this point. Yeah. Well, and, like, how much of Zhao wanting to get the Avatar is, like, him wanting to compete with Zuko, too, maybe? Yeah. Like, maybe vying for the throne, even. Absolutely, because uh, as we've already seen and will continue to see in this episode, uh, Zhao is a climber. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's somebody somebody who is – Concerned about how he looks, concerned about what the Fire Lord thinks of him, mm-hmm. um, and he wants to climb uh, climb the military ranks. Now, this also made was interesting to me because this is ultimately a debate between these two about how to best use the resources of the Fire Nation. Are they best used to fight the war? Because remember, there, there's a lot of has already been a lot of language about. Uh, ba Sing Se, right? The, mm-hmm. the the Earth Nation capital city, and that has not fallen, and that seems like the big domino they need to fall. So, you know, do we use our resources for that or do we use our resources for what is maybe this kind of, you know, home run swing of capturing the Avatar? Mm -hmm. Um, And this, uh, it's weird to say this, but this made me think about Aang. Again, we've talked about Aang as like the image of hope, Aang as the ring of power. Um, This makes me feel like like Aang almost like a technology. Like Aang is like the Manhattan Project in this (laughs) war. It's like, do do we put our resources in this big swing because if we do capture the avatar that probably ensures victory for the fire nation Yeah, but if it's a miss then it's a massive miss right and we and we've we've misused our resources right Mm so so it's weird to think about ang and the manhattan project but that's what this felt like (laughs) no uh, that's a good connection to a certain degree here um and then we see that the bird that we opened the episode on lands um and uh it lands on shinyu and gives him a note from the fire lord ozai Mm mm-hmm uh, and what is the uh, result of so that note? Zhao the... had been promoted to admiral. We see it in like real time. You're talking about how he's a climber. Well, here it is. It's like he just got a an email that's like, all right, buddy, promotion. So, so we've already seen in season one him go from captain to commander to admiral. Yeah. And there's really not much you can... I, if, if the Fire Nation army or Navy is like anything else, admiral's pretty high. Yeah. And it's great too because he like gets this note, reads it, and then turns to the colonel and he's like well now what i say goes yeah right like <laughs> my request has now turned into an order <laughs> yeah and and we see that that he relents and is like okay you know um so here here's another interesting thing that i thought about right um iroh is this revered figure right mm-hmm. what was iroh's uh position he was a general right Oh yeah. Well, so so a general again. I'm assuming the Fire Nation like military nomenclature is similar to that of right. what we have here. Seems like it. So an admiral in the navy would be the equivalent of a general. Mm. So like like you know I, I I presume that that now like like Zhao and and um Iroh. and Iroh are 
They're like equals. Equals in terms of rank. Right. Right. So that's that's kind of interesting uh, to think about. We, we sort of know where to place Zhao in terms of his authority. Right. And that whole idea of like maybe Zhao wants to be the next Fire Lord and like get in there before Zuko can. Mm-hmm. Like he's already a general and, and like Iroh is the Fire Lord's brother. So like mm-hmm. do, family maybe doesn't necessarily matter. It's uh, yeah, it's unclear. I, we, yeah. we it seems that um, that Zuko is the descendant of Sozin. Uh, I think right, you right. know, but but I mean, is is this a potential coup opportunity? Right, you mm-hmm. know, is especially with the presumably Ozai's only child is Zuko, and he is um, estranged. He's in exile. He's banished. So that opens. There's a vacuum of power after. Uh, after Ozai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. We spent a lot of time on like the, <laughs> the opening scene with the bird and the right. note. <laughs> the political <laughs> intrigues here. But I think it's really fascinating, right? So we haven't even got to the most interesting part of this scene, though, <laughs> because it continues to pan up as they're having this conversation. And we see on the roof above the tower a hidden figure in a blue mask that's spying on the scene. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all we see of it. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, then we cut away. Yeah, and it's, it's like okay, what? but but you can already. Tell, I mean, the episode's called the Blue Spirit, and I'm like, okay, we've met. I think our Blue Spirit, although this is a show that has a spirit world, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure, right, uh, what to make of this. So then we cut here um, to our gang, right? We finally mm-hmm. finally get to see our heroes, and they're in what looks like another. I thought it looked like an air temple palace because it was like up in the mountains and it was like the white rock that it looked like the southern air temple uh, kind of thing. Um, But it was abandoned and it was abandoned and run down. So I didn't know if this was air kingdom, earth kingdom. It would make sense that it was earth kingdom. And I think we're going to learn later that this seems to be earth kingdom. Right. We've already met a lot of refugees that have just up and left their kingdom. So, yeah. Um, and uh, we see that uh, Sokka is in a sleeping bag, lying on Appa, coughing, <laughs> right? And Katara is caring for him. She says he has a fever and is delirious. Um, and I kind of like this, too, because we've talked about, like, the practical stuff. Exactly. In this, and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess people could get sick. Like, they're flying on Appa through storms, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he, we just left him. Uh, in a boat, right? Like in the middle of a storm. So yeah, him being sick makes sense. Right, right. And 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 the the idea of just like we talked about food, sickness, these things yeah. are, are are practical things that need to be thought about. So here we have, and and I actually love um, <laughs> delirious Sokka, which he's is really funny. Basically, the only Sokka we're going to get this episode is delirious Sokka, and he says to Katara, "You know, what I love about Appa most his sense of humor." <laughs> And then Appa roars, and he's just like, ha ha, classic Appa. It's so good. Yeah. The, yeah, the interactions, especially with Appa and Momo when he's sick, are excellent. So Aang walks in and says he couldn't find any ginger root for the tea, so clearly Aang fancies himself as sort of a, a healer or an apothecary or something. Knowledgeable about it. Maybe he learned about it in the air temple. Which would make sense. Yeah. I mean, because we do forget that he actually was trained for 12 years of his life. So right. like he, he actually has knowledge probably beyond just airbending. So this was interesting that he was like, yeah, I'm going to fix up a, you know, a, a home remedy for, uh, for this sickness. Um, he says he didn't find any ginger root, but he does find a map. Um, and he says there's an herbalist Institute over on the other mountain and he can find a cure for Sokka there. Uh, and Katara's like, but he's, but Sokka's in no condition to travel. He just needs more rest. And then Katara starts coughing. Oh, oh right. no. <laughs> and Aang points out that that's exactly how Sokka started. 
He says, and now he thinks he's an airbender, or earthbender, sorry. And then Sokka's like fighting against imaginary rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take that rock or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And now I will say this scene is really tough to watch in the age of COVID-19 because oh. you're seeing these folks like laid out, coughing. Yes. And just to, to talk about voiceover work here, the the coughs are really like wet, real coughs that yeah. they're doing, um, which is uh, troubling to hear. Mm-hmm. But also really effective. Like, it's not just like a, <clears throat> but like, I don't know if that, if that is Mae Whitman doing the cough or, or if they bring it on like I'd a, love to ask her. a cough specialist, but they're like real coughs. Oh, it yeah. sounds like somebody who's like trying to clear their lungs. Oh, out. yeah. I was like, where are your masks? Why are you that close? Like, you need me some glass panels here. <laughs> right. Um, so Ang prepares to leave for the Herbalist Institute to get the medicine, medicine himself, right? We hear this heroic music sort of swell. Mm-hmm. And then we see a crash of lightning, which reminds us of last episode, The Storm. Um, and he decides that it would be safer to go on foot, which seems insane to me because he can fly. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like he has to go across this huge valley to another mountain. And what's interesting is he leaves his staff behind. So, like, he had his staff ready, the glider, and then he's like, it's safer to go on foot. And he leaves the staff with him or behind it. I'm like, I don't know about that choice. Yeah. Seems okay. like that would be helpful. And it turns out it would have been helpful later on. Right. <laughs> um and then uh, he tells Appa and Momo to keep an eye on Sokka and Katara. Appa roars, and we get another uh, another um, Sokka just saying, "You guys are killing me!" Like he's just he's he's loving Appa right now. And I love that he entrusts the safety and the health of Katara and Sokka to the animals there, right? Because that's really all that's left. Yeah, right. Like, right. yeah, I don't know. And that will create a runner throughout this episode of of Momo caring for the two of them. Momo moments. So then we see a- Aang sort of. I don't know how to talk about his jumping. So I always call it like airbending slash jumping because it's like this like super jump that he has. It's hard to know where one starts and the other ends. <laughs> right. And it turns out we learned something new about Aang, which is like he can run like the Flash as it turns out. Like yeah. he's like super, super airbendy like running he, fast. Right. Yeah. Bending the air behind him, I guess. I don't yeah. Or really maybe know. in front of him to cut down wind resistance. Sure. Or I don't know. I don't exactly know how the, the physics of it work, but it's, yeah. uh, it's fairly interesting. So we cut there uh, to Zuko's ship. Um, and, uh, we see the Lieutenant who we met last episode, who now sort of understands a little bit more about Zuko say, we haven't been able to pick up the Avatar's trail since the storm, but if we continue heading Northeast and then we see Mm -hmm. a map. Now, I don't know if this is a map of the whole world, right? but they're definitely presuming that in the world of Avatar, they orient their maps the same way. They sure seem a lot closer to the top of that map, to the northmost point in that map. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we're getting close to the North Pole. Yeah. And we see like a f- big frozen island towards the top and their fingers are starting to move that way. So this this gave me hope that it's like <laughs> are, we may actually reach the North Pole uh, soon. You've been waiting for a map for so long. I have. And like, and I get this obscured little map, but it's like it, gave, it just gave me hope. <laughs> you like that. printed it out and have it on your desk. I definitely have a screenshot of <laughs> Of it right, uh, so they they hear and they find themselves in the shadow of a much larger ship. All of a sudden, and Zuko says, "What do they want?" And Iroh, who's playing Pai, pai Shao, says, oh, "Perhaps they uh, want a, a sporting game of Pai Shao." Uh, so then we see Fire Nation troops now on Zuko's ship with a wanted poster for mm-hmm. Aang. Now I have seen online you can purchase scrolls with the wanted poster. Oh wow. So if you're this, interested. Are you are you planting something for Christmas? No, like no, this, no, no, no. Okay. I was just like I was looking at some other things online um and I was like, oh wow. Like I was looking at like what 
on Etsy what avatar things one could get. So it was kind of interesting. Um, so so he says that uh, the hunt for the avatar has been given prime importance. So this is the effect of Zhao becoming admiral. Now mm-hmm. it is no longer a vanity project. It is uh, prime importance. All information regarding the avatar must be reported directly to Admiral Zhao. And then Iroh responds beautifully and he's like, Zhao has been promoted. Well, good for him. And this is like, that's it. Right. But he doesn't <laughs> stop playing his game. He just sort of keeps uh, keeps, keeps rolling. Uh, and Zuko sort of thinks for a moment and then says, I've got nothing to report to Zhao. Uh, Admiral Zhao is not. Oh, and so 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 Zuko's like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, get off my ship. Let's go. And then um, this Fire Nation or Fire Navy officer says, Admiral Zhao is not allowing ships in or out of this area. And Zuko's just demanding off my ship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So he's. Um, they're kind of stuck here now, right? Because they can't leave. They can't, yeah. they, you know, they're, they're stuck here. Uh, and all the while, Iroh continues to play Pi Show. And he says, excellent, I take the pot. So he's defeated these other folks. So apparently there's, you can wager on Pi Show. It's I a guess. betting game. We're learning a little bit more yeah, episode yeah. by I, episode. I want the rules, right? <laughs> I want to um, play it. Right, right. He says, but you're improving. I'm certain you'll win if we play again. So we see Iroh kind of like hustling the other people on the ship. This is another like spinoff we could do. Right, we talked oh, about like how like I- poker on TV, but yes. Pi Show with Iroh. Yes, Pi Show with Iroh. <laughs> I like it. That's beautiful. I mean, that can be like right after what other ones? Bargain Hunter. Uh huh. We talked about yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> and, well, and and also the like interior design and music night. <laughs> yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> it's like a full Thursday night <laughs> with Iro. He's a jack of all trades. That's right. Um, so. Then we see we cut to uh, Fire Nation troops who are in what I would describe as like a hunting blind kind Ooh, of thing. Yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're looking at the wanted poster as well. Um, and one of them says the Avatar can create reading from the poster. The Avatar can create tornadoes and run faster than the wind. And the other the other Fire Nation soldier says that's just a bunch of Fire Lord propaganda. There's no way that's true. Now what's interesting is. Um, here we're seeing really for the first time kind of Fire Nation grunts in the army. Like True. these are not elite soldiers. These are people who are stationed on some random mountain yeah. as lookouts. And even expressing some like mild disloyalty and being like, it's propaganda. You yeah. know, like maybe we don't trust. Exactly. So because we kind of wondered what do like this is the the closest we've gotten other than the old man in in the jet episode to mm-hmm. like. Fire Nation people who are not um, in – who don't move in the circles of power in the Fire Nation, yeah. right? And these guys are sort of like, yeah, I don't know about this propaganda. I don't know about this Avatar thing, if that's real. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how, how is the Fire Lord using this old myth to try to mobilize people and things like this? So it was very interesting because yeah. people like that uh, maybe lack the kind of – absolute loyalty one might expect yeah right and And they can be turned and changed yeah and we see that in like war movies all the time and it's interesting that there's like there's a lot more talking about this as a war in this episode than Mm -hmm. just like ang's adventures to you know to to save the world right like it's an actual physical war right and we're getting a lot more fire nation perspective in this episode Mm -hmm. absolutely um 
So as they're talking about how this isn't true, we see Aang sprint by, by kind of like the Roadrunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very and, – and even to the point where like he blows by and the blind that they're in is just like blown away. Oh, yeah. And there's like dust billowing up. Yep. Right, right. Uh, and so they see this and they're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. That's exactly what we just read about. So then they blow a signal horn, right? Mm-hmm. So this is um, letting everybody in the fortress presumably know we've seen the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go b- cut back to Sokka and Katara and now they're both sick and they're both sick and in need of water. And Katara is talking to Momo, trying to convince him to go get water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut to sort of what I can only call Momo vision. It's right. like we're seeing the world through Momo's eyes. And it's like a little distorted. Mm-hmm. And then like. It's like green. And, and, and all this, everything Katara is saying is just this like gibberish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very like Charlie Brown teacher style. Um, so, which is interesting because Momo seems to normally get what's going on. Yeah. But he must intuit it. So so now, I mean, this actually is an interesting point here, is that, that Momo clearly, at least from Katara, doesn't understand speech. Right. Um, but can intuit things. I, now, that doesn't mean when Aang talks to Momo that they don't have a connection and <laughs> mm-hmm. somehow that makes sense because he may be like, I talk to the animals, Dr. Doolittle kind oh, of thing. no. <laughs> yeah, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but because... Who knows? Because I, I was actually surprised that Momo didn't... Like, 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 like that we get this view of Momo as... That that human speech is not something. Yeah, because he's been such a key player in so many plots they have, like, in actual planning things out. Right. He's walking behind, like, in um, Roku's chambers. Mm-hmm. He's, like, walking and making shadows. So it's like, how, yeah, how yeah. does he know that? I guess, it, yeah, intuition. Yeah, yeah, so it makes me wonder, like, does Appa understand human language? Right. And it, yeah. I mean, it's also an idea of, like, Aang entrusted the animals with taking care of the people and like there is intelligence it's just not through communication right 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 oh absolutely yeah yeah. i'm not saying i'm not saying he's he's dumb i'm saying he must be like he must have strong intuitive powers oh yeah for sure yeah so we see momo fly off to go get the water and then we see cut back to ang who's sprinting up these mountain stairs thankfully there's stairs to get to this herbalist institute (laughs) and not just mountain climbing yeah um so he reaches the herbalist institute and we see this big round greenhouse and as we go inside we see this old woman with a white cat these seem to be the only two um uh non-plant living things here (laughs) um and we see ang frantically asking for medicine and the old woman is kind of slowly going about what she's doing it says settle down young man your friends are going to be fine i've been here for over 40 years you know uh used to be others but they all left years ago so we can think this has been a long time since this has been abandoned mm-hmm. um now it's just me and my yuki and then ang interjects and he's like that's nice yeah. and it's like with the patience of a kid who's listening to their, their grandpa's war stories it's like okay <laughs> right which, which i think brings up a theme here which is a theme in the show that often youth is in a hurry yeah and we encounter these older and this reminds me of iroh in the in the like uh hot tub right it's just like relax yeah like like Things will come in time. And they do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so she she continues and says, Wounded Earth uh, Kingdom troops still come now and again, brave boys. Thanks to my remedies, they always leave in better shape than when they arrive. So she's, you know, kind of uh, bragging up her abilities here <laughs> a little bit, but still taking her time. And the whole time she's mixing some concoction. Yeah, she's like running around and grabbing different elements. Mm-hmm. And we see Aang frustrated by how long she's taking. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we cut back to Zuko's ship and we see Zuko alone on the deck. 
I can't tell if it's some combination of training or practicing or just venting. He's like <laughs> doing these like fire kicks. He's and... kind of doing all of those things at once all of the time anyway. Right. Uh, but this time he's all by himself. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just sort of interesting. And, and Iroh, um, Iroh comes up uh, behind him, right? And he asks, is everything okay? He says, it's been almost an hour and you haven't given the men any order. Yeah. And Zuko says, I don't, I don't care what they do. And what's interesting, um, mm. the response of Iroh is, don't give up hope yet. There's that word hope. And I, I think every time we hear the word hope, we should we should pay attention. Absolutely. Yep. Don't give up hope yet. You can still find the Avatar before Zhao, which is, which is interesting, um, again, because the Avatar is the figure of hope, yeah. right? And it's like not just you can still find the Avatar, but before Zhao. Now there's like a deadline for him yep. too. Yep. So he has a ticking clock as well, and he has... Presumably, what is one of the most powerful person people in the Fire Nation beyond his father mm-hmm. is now actively seeking the Avatar, mm-hmm. right? And and hemming him in at the same time. Uh, and and Zuko responds, "How, Uncle? With Zhao's resources, it's just a matter of time before he captures the Avatar." And then we see this shot of him where he's staring off into the <laughs> distance, and he says, "My honor, my throne, my country." Yeah. I'm about to lose them all. He has like both hands down on the ship and he's like staring out at the open ocean. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's it's very it's very dramatic. And I just feel like this is Zuko like wishing he was in a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Right. Like true. Um, but it, it, it was powerful. Like he he is laying out the stakes, but also kind of feeling like all is lost. Yeah. Like because there really isn't. I mean, what can he do? Right. Right. Um, so now we cut back to the Herbalist Institute and we see the old woman finally finds the plum blossom that she's been looking for and she puts it into her mix and Aang tries to take it from her <laughs> and she just bats him away. Yep, yep. <laughs> and he says, I'm taking the cure to my friends. She says, that's not the cure. That's my Yuki's dinner. So this whole time that he's been like impatiently waiting for her to finish this, she's not even making not what he him. wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then she says, uh, uh, all your friends need are frozen wood frogs, and there's plenty of them in the valley swamp. Then she tells him to suck on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, and she says, the frog skin excretes a substance that will cure your friends, but get plenty because once they thaw, they're useless. And then it's like just... you just have a little bit of time, but. Yeah. And then there's this great exchange where where he just says, you're insane, aren't you? <laughs> and she's like, that's right. But I love that he says that, and then and yet, like. He still takes her advice. He right. like goes and finds the frogs. Right. And I don't know. Yeah, he still believes her despite. Well, do you know why? Why? Because if he wants to succeed, sometimes he needs to think like a crazy madman. Oh, true. He yeah. He has learned this lesson that, that that people who appear crazy, right, who appear, you know. Different. Different. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like that's actually where the truth is. Like like this is, I mean, I thought I thought instantly of Boomy here. And it's like, okay. This is this is a boomy like figure. Yeah, I and, love that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and just taking their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we see Aang sprint off to find the frogs, um. And as he runs outside, his feet are instantly pinned down by two arrows that seem to come from nowhere. Right. And then we see the arrow. More arrows start to kind of rain down on him, mm-hmm. and he air bends them away. And he sees that the trees are filled with who we know to be the Yuyan archers, yep. all ready to shoot again. That Zhao had commanded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we cut to commercial. And I will say that it was a very visually beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Even though it was tense and you have arrows, it's like 
the wind how they show like wind moving in this series and like in the grass and in the trees i it was really beautiful yeah and i will say i don't have a lot of experience with um anime or things which aspire to be anime Mm -hmm. so i don't know if i should be always expecting how beautiful the shots are but but i do feel like we could do a cinematography episode on this like like there some of these are this episode in particular has some really really beautiful shots and what they seem to do is really layer the distance out so like you're seeing um uh w- when you have multiple layers to to make the distance like you're the way you see things move yeah. um it it seems both real and they can and they can heighten that in terms of making it even more dramatic you don't feel like you're living on a flat plane you really right. do feel like you're inhabiting a three-dimensional painted world yeah and it's like such so much more intimate because it's like you are in the middle of the action mm-hmm. right and then like yeah I, I totally see that depth and even the color here like like they captured exactly what it feels like um kind of right before or right after a storm mm-hmm. like it's dark but it's not dark like night it's dark like the clouds are a unsettling color and the world yeah. around you feels unsettling which matches what we see next which is this sort of rain of arrows mm-hmm. right because um, they keep coming uh and uh so ang is able to free himself uh, from from the arrows and he, he makes an ang mistake of kind of taunting the archer he's like hey are you guys missing one of these <laughs> um he, he runs away but he's pursued by the archers uh, and it and to the point where he gets to a cliff, but because Aang's the Avatar and he's an Airbender, he just sort of jumps off the cliff, mm-hmm. thinking, "Well, they'll never, they'll never follow me, jumping off a cliff." Uh, but the archers do, <laughs> and so Aang is sort of Airbending, flying, and the archers are somehow able to jump after him. It's almost like they're using their clothes, like their pants, yeah. as like a parachute kind. Of, like I'm. I was unclear how they were able to float the way that they were. They did it well. Right. But it did seem like the, like it didn't seem like um, an unrealistic thing. It just seemed like – because it did seem like their clothes kind of billowed out somehow. Right. And these seem like super troopers. Like they can do – Yeah. You know, They're kind willing of to anything. go to any length. Yep. Right. Um, so then we get this pursuit through the forest, right? Um, Aang is kind of jumping through the trees from tree to tree. Uh, until he finally makes it to the swamp in the valley. Mm-hmm. And he starts to grab frozen frogs, right? Because this is what she told him about. Yeah. And at this point, it's, he's not sure whether he's in the clear or not. He doesn't know how much he's being still being pursued. Right. Um, but then we start to see arrows coming at him. And eventually the arrows pin him to a huge log. Um, and we see him do something interesting because we haven't seen him do this a lot yet. I mean, actually, we maybe have never seen him do this exactly. Yeah, I don't move. know that we have. So the arrows are coming at him. He's pinned to this log and he water bends up this like wall of water that he also freezes. Right. Which is, we've seen Katara do that before. Right. With Jet freezing him on the tree, but we mm-hmm. haven't seen Aang. Maybe you learned it from her. Yeah. Yeah. Which which shows, you know, that we may not see this, but he's continuing to train as a waterbender. Right. Now, eventually their arrows break through this shield um, and Aang is captured. Mm-hmm. Right. So then uh, our next scene, we see Aang in the fire fortress and he's chained up kind of spread eagle between two pillars. I mean, if you picture like a an image of Samson from the Bible, right. like, like that's kind of what we see with Aang. All here. limbs are tied up. Yep, yep. Yep. So he can't move um, in any way. He can't bend. Exactly. Um, and he's making almost the sort of avatar state face without the glowing eyes. Yes. Right. But it's, it, we're starting to see it's even beyond like angry Ang to like 
the the mood he gets in before as he goes into like that state extreme focus or yeah 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 so I was kind of wondering like oh is he gonna is he gonna turn it on right now because presumably if he does like he could get out of this mm-hmm. I would think um, but we see that he's heavily guarded and we see Zhao come in um, and he says oh so this is the great Avatar master of all elements. I don't know how you managed to elude the Fire Nation for a hundred years, but your little game of hide-and-seek is over. So condescending. Yeah. And Aang responds like, I've never hidden from you. Untie me and I'll fight you right now. Which is interesting because Aang is not somebody who wants to fight. Right. But he knows – it's like he knows what – matters to Zhao. So he's like going to challenge him. Yeah. Or yeah. And then, but maybe like he's bluffing and he would just be able to escape if he was untied. I right? think that's what it is. Yeah. But, but, but he knows, he thinks he knows the game to play with, with, with Zhao. Cause, cause Zhao's like a proud guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like he thinks about it for a second. He's like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, tell me how, this is one of the darkest moments, uh, in this episode, which has some dark moments. He says, tell me, how does it feel to be the only airbender left? Do you miss your people? Now, this reminds me of, and there's going to be a lots of Nazi imagery in this episode, mm. but this reminds me of like uh, a World War II movie where you see a Nazi talking to a Jew who's recently captured and just sort of almost flippantly referring to the right. Holocaust, right? To genocide. Yep. And he's like, you know, how does it feel to be the only one left? And do you miss them? And it's just like, like it's it's very dark the way he's toying with this. Yeah. Um, and then he says something that I think is pretty fascinating. He says, oh, don't worry. You won't be killed like they were. See, if you die, you're just reborn. And the Fire Nation will have to begin the search for the Avatar all over again. So I'll keep you alive, but just barely. Which then, that made me think about the genocide and, and kind of how, like, um, Katara was saying, like, Aang, if you were there, you could have died, right? Like, when, like, so you can't blame yourself. But was the whole intent just to kill everybody but keep him alive? Like, I guess so. Presumably. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to, you know, but but I'm so glad somebody mentioned this. Right. Because the, the Avatar, Aang has this special ability where he can't. To a degree, he can't be killed mm-hmm. because, I mean, he Aang can be killed, but the Avatar can't be killed. Mm-hmm. So we just learned that Zhao realizes that um, Aang is this precious thing that needs to be kept alive, mm-hmm. um, needs to be somehow captured and in captivity, but alive. Because, um, But it also means, and this is, I think is a potentially, I don't know how dark this show is going to get going forward, but it means that Aang has one other ability which is Aang can always sacrifice himself mm. because if he dies, he doesn't really die. Yep. You know, which is, you know, strike me down and I only become more powerful, right? Like, right. like it's it's kind of interesting. But again, this could, I don't think this show is going to get to the dark point of Aang literally sacrificing himself in death because he knows he's going to be reborn. But that card is now in play. Oh, yeah. Because somebody's named it. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think... I think that's really kind of an interesting moment. This is also just such a sadistic moment from Zhao, this I'll keep you alive, but just barely. Um, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but this reminded me of Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones um, uh, and how he, you know, now I'm blanking on the character that he keeps captive. I should have written it down. Um, 
but but like it's it's it, because there is all kinds of sadism in that threat like i'm going to keep you here but just barely so mm-hmm. there's this sense that i'm going to torture you to the point of death but not quite yep um which makes zao who's already a we know to be sort of this arrogant climber but he's also like willing to go mm-hmm. to some pretty sick He's cruel. Sick uh, distances to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as as Zhao's walking away, we see Aang blow him down, right? Because he can still yeah. breath bend, yeah. uh, which we see Iroh do as well, right? And he says, blow the, all the wind you want. Your situation is futile. There's no escaping this fortress and no one's coming to rescue you. No hope. Yeah. So uh, we then cut back to uh, Katara and Sokka uh, with Appa, both sick, both in sleeping bags, both struggling. (laughs) And we see Momo come and brings, I think it's a dead mouse, right? Or is it sleeping? I I, I I thought you were going to argue it was sleeping. Well, no, I think this one was dead. I'm arguing that he found it dead. Okay. (laughs) And I will buy that. Yeah. But why did he bring it? Um, he misunderstood, right? Like he didn't understand. He he knew he was meant to get something. Mm-hmm. And why why does he think they might want a dead mouse? I don't know. Come on, to eat it, right? Like oh, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pushing this argument that I don't think that uh, <laughs> Momo's a vegetarian. No, I don't. He is. <laughs> I think he's he's like my cats, right? Like my cats know I'm not going to eat a mouse, but I wouldn't put it past them if they found a mouse, they would bring it to me, right? Like my cats are like. Throughout right. the day, but they, they carry would eat a mouse. Things. Is my point. No. <laughs> are <laughs> you are you familiar with cats? <laughs> my cats are different. They're like Momo. They're special. <laughs> they're like Momo that you like to think that they're vegetarians, even they're not. No, look, I feed them fish. Like <laughs> they get. <laughs> hey, we learned last episode: fish ain't food or fish ain't meat. <laughs> <laughs> True. So there we go. They're vegetarians. Yeah. Settled. So 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 we see. <laughs> Uh, we see Katara saying, no, Momo, water. And he runs off again. And she sort of yells out to Aang, you know, what in the world is taking you so long? Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Aang and he's chained up in a cell, right? So we can see what's taking him so long. Yeah, right. They don't have any idea. Um, so we and, and it's actually an interesting shot of Aang because we see him like sort of from overhead and he's he really is trapped. And this is we're not used to this. We're not used. We're used to undefeated Aang. Mm-hmm. And we're not used to him being physically restrained for this long because mm-hmm. he's almost when he's in danger. It's like he gets out of it quickly. So this is this is sort of a new thing right. uh, for, for this show. I'm glad they addressed that he could like blow some of the air out, you know, like because mm-hmm. there's some things he can do, but it's very limited. Right, right. And, and I sort of was wondering. Because last time we saw him here, he was like, he had the Avatar State look. I'm like, if he goes Avatar State, he's breaking out. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so from here we see, uh, we cut to the masked figure again. And we see that face in the dark. And we see three quick cuts of that face getting closer and closer to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the, now I don't even remember this movie very much, but did you ever see the movie V for Vendetta? No, it's I like haven't. Like the Guy actually... Fox mask. It reminds me of that because it's like this figure, and you don't know who it is, and it's all it's like this kind of laughing face almost, but it doesn't move because it's a mask. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a it's, it's very a very haunting uh, kind of look. Um, and then we see uh, a rhino drawn cart approaching the fortress. You know, somebody shipping some stuff. Uh, and as the camera moves around, we see the masked figure hanging on under the bottom of the cart. 
mm-hmm. when it gets to the fortress, it's inspected by the Fire Nation before it can go into the fortress. And when they get to looking under the cart, all of a sudden the mask figure is no longer not there. there. Yeah. Yeah. So we see them. We see the cart start to pull in, and we see this shot, and we see the masked figure in the back of the cart. He so, is sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Like a he high or level she. spy. I have to say, I wasn't True. sure when we were watching this. Like, I, I was because it could be anyone. You really oh, yeah. get no indications. The only thing we can tell is like it looks like a slight figure, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely all. not Iro. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool too, though. Yeah, yeah. Iroh the spy. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's somebody. It's somebody who's fit and slim. We right. know that. That that's about all that we know. Right. Um. Uh. And then, so the mask figure is like he's going through, like he's running through this fortress, right? Right. And is that when uh, Admiral Zhao is kind of doing his whole speech? Is that? Yeah. That so so that comes that comes after this. Um. So we see Zhao up on this high platform, and it's like. Up overlooking the interior of the fortress, mm-hmm. the quad, the parade ground of the fortress. Yeah, he's like in this balcony overlooking it. Yeah, yeah. And we see him um, start to give a speech. And there's we see in the parade ground is arrayed like these Fire Nation troops in like these orderly square phalanxes. Mm-hmm. And it's very much uh, Triumph of the Will. Yes. Like, I mean, this is, this is such... Uh, totalitarian Nazi yes. imagery. You can't watch this scene and not think that. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, this this is Hitler giving a speech in a Lenny Riefenstahl movie. Like, oh. that's exactly what this is. And the troops are cheering and stomping in unison. Yep. Like, this is practice. This is polished. Yeah, and in case you were confused about whether this is Nazi imagery. Let me read his speech oh, to yikes. you. Yep. Um, he says, we are all sons and daughters of fire, the superior element. I'm going to stop right there. We're, it's all, I mean, this is master race stuff, right? Oh, yeah. We have four kingdoms like defined by race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fully. Uh, Until today, only one thing stood in our path to victory, the Avatar. And here we see the masked uh, figure slip past the guards who are caught up watching Zhao, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, everybody's watching him. So this masked figure is able to sort of move around. He says, I am here to tell you that he is now my prisoner. This is the year of Sozin's Comet. This is the year Sozin's Comet returns to grant us its power. This is the year the Fire Nation breaks through the walls of Ba Sing Se and burns the city to the ground. Have we heard a Fire Nation person talk about Sozin's Comet yet? No. Do we? We all. I mean, we, other we than heard Roku. Roku, yeah, but we haven't heard anybody else talk about the comet coming and like yielding its power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and we're and we hear we also hear Bossing say again. I mean, I I'm. I'm kind of upset that we didn't go there. I know. Because, like, clearly there were other people going there. We were on the right continent. They were close, right? Yeah. And, I mean, like, it's an Earth Kingdom city. Couldn't he just, like, go out of order and learn Earth bending? Right. Or at least <laughs> we, we, we we go on all these other side missions, but we don't go to Ba Sing Se. So, like, I'm, it, to me, you know, and maybe this is, you know, yet if we're thinking about it, yet another illusion, maybe this is the Emerald City, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like this is this thing that we're eventually going to get mm-hmm. to, but our journey is not going to be there yet. Right, right. Yeah. We have some more to get through. Um, but, but yeah. Th- so if we were, if we were confused at all about the Fire Nation and, and like, like this, the creators of this are heavily painting this with fascist imagery. Yep. Now, one thing I want to talk about. Um, when we look at the leaders of the Fire Nation, whether it's Zhao or even Iroh or the Ozai. other. Oh, well, we don't have a good picture of Ozai yet. True. Is the facial hair. <laughs> How do you feel about the Fire Nation facial hair? 
kind of the hair in general. It's very out there. Right. I, but I'm okay with like the the top of the hair stuff. It's the like sharp, heavy Angular sideburn. sideburns. Yeah, yeah. Like almost, a, it's it's kind of like Civil war a little bit Oh, too. true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to say, it's not a look that I love. I don't love it either. I'm glad that uh, Zuko can't grow facial hair yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to see him emulate that. <laughs> no, me either. And I'm curious to see what Ozai's facial hair looks like. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to do a deep dive on <laughs> so, that. Sorry, that was a that was a digression. Nope, but, no, I love this. All right. Um, so we see the, the mask figures keep sort of slipping through the bowels of the fortress with great agility and dexterity and ease. Like, right. It seems like he knows where he's going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's comfortable there. So I will say this is the most intriguing figure I've seen in this show in a long time. I both don't know who the person is, mm-hmm. but also they seem to be... Like a, 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 and this is a theme that will come up later in this episode. This cross between like Spider Man or Batman or something like this figure in the night who's yeah. able to vigilante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like whoever this is. It's Me really too. interesting. Um, so we see we cut back to Ang struggling with his bonds, and we see that the frogs in his pocket are starting to thaw thaw out and crawl away. Um, so the guards who are outside the door see the frogs like crawling underneath the door and look really, they're like, what, what's like, happening? Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're guarding this fortress prison cell and frogs are in there. Right. <laughs> Where's that coming from? And then, and then all of a sudden we see this fire nation helmet kind of roll down the long hallway to their feet. Right. Like as they're distracted by the frogs. Mm-hmm. And one of the guards goes to, so there's four guards there. One of them goes to investigate. So we see him round the corner and all of a sudden we see this blast of fire mm. and kind of hear him yell. So then two more guards go to see what happens, uh, what happened to their fellow guard. And uh, they see him strung up from the ceiling. Right. Again, this is, now he's not dead, but this is dark imagery. <laughs> right. And I guess we don't know where that fire was sourced from. We don't know if it's from the soldier or from. Right who we know will be the the blue spirit coming through. Right, right. right. Um, so we pan up to see the masked figure in the rafters while the other two guards are snapped up in a similar snare. Sneaky right? guy. Yeah, yeah. So so he's, girl. Yeah. So he's using the um uh the one guard as a as bait to sort of get the other ones in. So we see the remaining guard at the door and he reaches for the signal horn because he hears that something's happened to those other two as well. And just as he's reaching for the horn we see a dagger fly at him, and then all of a sudden the masked figure is running towards, uh, running towards the guard. Mm-hmm. So the guard, who is a firebender, right, starts to throw fire at him. And I actually paused for this scene because I was like, the the masked figure somehow puts out the fire. Oh, did you notice how I he didn't did that? Notice. <laughs> this may be a, a moment of convenience, but as the <laughs> figure is sprinting towards the guy about to shoot fire at him, he grabs a bucket of water. Oh. And throws it and like extinguishes the fire as it's coming at him. Wow, yeah, that's pretty convenient. Yeah. You you had to have a pause to see it though, because it happens like that. Like it's really, really quick. And uh and then he like does this like sweep the leg move and takes out the mm-hmm. uh, takes out the guard. Um so it's notable that although we saw the fire earlier around the corner that this this figure doesn't employ firebending. So it doesn't appear to necessarily be a firebender. Right, right, exactly. Right. Um, so then we go into into this cell and we see Aang and he hears the commotion outside his cell. And the masked figure walks in and pulls out two sto- two swords and starts to approach Aang with the sword swinging. And we see Aang scream and here's our commercial break. Like it clearly looks like this guy's going to take out Aang. Oh, yeah. And we have like multiple intense commercial breaks. Yeah. They were like... 
these are children watching. <laughs> right. They can't wait for like two minutes. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when we come back from commercial break, we see the mask figure use the swords to cut Aang's bonds. So he frees Aang. Mm-hmm. And Aang's like, who are you? What's going on? Are you here to rescue me? And the figure doesn't say anything, but just walks out of the room. And like beckons him to follow, mm-hmm. nods towards the door. So Aang follows him out. And then when he gets outside of his the cell, he sees the frogs. And they're mm-hmm. sort of half thawed, half frozen. And he starts to pick them up. And the, the mass figure just sort of grabs him and pulls Aang along. Right. They don't have time. Right. So then we cut back to Katara, Sokka, and Appa. And we see that Momo has brought them lots and lots of items. <laughs> it looks, yeah, it looks like uh, like a treasure room. Like there's just stuff piled on stuff, but mm-hmm. it's nothing that Katara had asked him for. Right. Everything you could find in that <laughs> rundown village except water. It's like kind of sweet. Like poor Momo. How many trips did that take him? Yeah. Just a little just, guy. He's just trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. Uh, and he puts a tiara on Katara's head. <laughs> so cute. And, and, uh, <laughs> Katara's lost hope in Momo. (laughs) She's like, Aang, please hurry. And uh, Sokka, who's delirious, is like, who's this Aang kid you keep talking about, your highness? (laughs) The delivery of it is so good. (laughs) Yeah, I love, I I mean, I I don't like that he's sick, but I love delirious Sokka. I kind of want delirious Sokka to come back. It's so funny. (laughs) So then back at the Fire Nation fortress, um, we see Aang and the mass figure, and they're slipping through the sewers of the fortress. Right, some, yeah, it seems like sewers. There's standing water and underneath. And we see... uh, Proud Zhao, after his speech, you know, walking and talking to his secretary, um, which made me think of like, this is the Aaron Sorkin moment where like we see the, the leader like walking yeah. down the hall. It's a walk and talk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, Absolutely. Uh, you know, Sorkin had a movie come out last week. So we might as well tip our hat there. There we go. Um, and he's talking to his secretary saying, I want a full transcription of my speech sent to the Fire Lord with all glowing testimonials from the ranking officers present. <laughs> and as he's walking, he sees the bound guards hanging from the ceiling. Again, a pretty dark image. They're not dead, but it's a dark, any body hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, it's, not it's great. fairly dark. Uh, and he enters Aang's cell and see the chain, sees the chains broken and uh, a long thawed a ribbit from one of the frogs like a, oh, a yeah. frozen frog all that he sees sitting there so it's this great moment of like did ang turn into a frog <laughs> where did this frog come from right <laughs> yes the frogs are really confusing all the fire nation folks right so so uh Zozao storms out and the secretary's like shall i hold off sending that speech to the fire lord about <laughs> capturing the avatar so it's a good we get a joke in this fairly intense uh intense yeah moment. and an example of like somebody making propaganda in the moment exactly exactly right so um now we, we see the fortress walls and we see Aang and the mass figure start to scale the walls via it's, a rope. It's dark. It's nighttime. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of do it in cover. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then all of a sudden we hear an alarm start ringing and they're identified by one of the mm-hmm. guards. The so lights like, turn on. The guards check it out. They see them scaling. Yeah. yeah. The rope is cut and they... F- they fall to the ground and they start to dash to the, the open gate of the fortress, which kind of made me feel like, why didn't you go for the gate right away? Uh, yeah. Like maybe there was, maybe it was more lit. Well, but yeah, and I guess if they're not discovered, they they seem pretty uh, apt at like true. climbing and stuff so they can slip out without anybody noticing. Yeah, that's true. Um, so then we see Zhao appear and he says, the avatars escaped, close all the gates immediately. And the guards rush to the gates. Mm-hmm. I love this next scene. It's like teamwork between the blue spirit and Aang. I love it. Yeah. So we see Aang take charge because at this, you know, up until this point, he's been following the blue spirit around. But now Aang's like 
stay close to me. Because mm-hmm. it's like Aang remembers who he is. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the Avatar. <laughs> right. So, um, so we see he airbends wind to blow the guards away from the gates. And, we, and then they sprint to the gates. And we see Aang at the open gates with no guards there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he turns around because he realizes that the person who rescued him isn't with him. Mm-hmm. And we see the mask figure fighting with... Uh, with a, with a, a few guards, and the, but the gates are closing fast. So Aang needs to decide: does he go help out or does he escape? Right. Right. So we see a guard at this point as Aang is sort of uh, pondering what the right choice is. We see a guard start to attack him with a spear, and it's what Aang does is really interesting. Did mm-hmm. you notice what he does? No. So the the guard comes to him with a spear, and Aang takes the spear from him. So he like disarms him, and he breaks the tip of the spear off. So it becomes a staff, right? Ah. Aang uses a staff. It's also a non-lethal weapon then, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so this is this image of Aang is going to fight, but he's, he's consciously, it's like when in a movie, when somebody like disarms somebody and then like takes the gun apart. Yeah. It's like, he's doing that. He's like, this is not about us killing each other. Right. So I, I found that to be a really interesting move. Oh, I like that too. And it's not uncharacteristic of Aang to like be self-sacrificial as well and like go back, go back and rescue somebody too. Absolutely. I mean, that, that seems like, that seems like the Aang we know and love. Um, so he, after he breaks the point off uh, of the spear, he goes to help the mask figure who now seems like he's fighting like 10 guards at once. <laughs> yeah. And, but seems surrounded. So we see Aang sprint around him and bend the air and kind of blow the guards yeah, away. Yeah, in like a protective form around the mm-hmm. blue spirit. And we've seen sort of those air shields before. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Aang airbend throws the masked figure up onto one of it's the walls. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a- almost like like... The blue spirit knew, right? Like he's like, all right, let's do it. And like piggybacks or something. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, it's you know, Aang is constantly doing things where like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. And I kind of wonder if Aang knows he can Right. Do it's that. like in the moment he just, it happens. Yeah. And it could be like Avatar instinct yeah. snapping. And in the same way in episode two, he like bends water, even though he's never done that before. Yeah. It's like the mother instinct where they can like pick up a car for their kid right. or whatever. That's right. Aang. That's Aang in his airbending. <laughs> So he throws him up onto the top of the wall and then Aang Airbend jumps up there. Mm. Uh, and this is a really cool move. He uses the staff that he's crafted mm-hmm. like a helicopter propeller mm-hmm. to like start to fly and the mass and, and the um and he's holding the the blue spirit in his kind of in his legs. And the blue spirit is using his sword to like fight off the any of the arrows coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like such a cool it's such a cool move and Aang's doing this like baton twirl. And I yes, I love that they're also both competent enough and like quick thinkers that they don't have to have a conversation of how this goes. It's just like they know exactly what to do in the moment. Almost like Aang and Appa. Right, because we've seen a version of this in the waterbending scroll when they're cornered and Aang flies away and he tells Katara and Sokka to like grab on. Yeah. And like they don't know what to do. But clearly the blue spirit knows like, okay, I got I get what's going on. He doesn't seem out of sorts. Yeah. He just he he sort of knows what his move is. They seem like equally matched. Yeah. So uh they're they're fighting off the soldiers below as they're sort of shooting arrows and spears up at them. Uh, and the they're up on top of this wall and we see these soldiers starting to climb up ladders to attack them. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're they're sort of fighting off uh, fighting them off. Um and Aang like airbends sort of blows them off the ladder. And then they use the ladders like stilts. It's so sweet. 
to like walk from wall to wall. Because we have to understand this fortress has like multiple layers yeah. of walls. Yep. So I keep saying they're up to the wall, but the wall There's is not many. the wall to the outside, right? Right. Yeah. So they're doing, they're, they're like walking on these ladders with stilts. And then one of the firebenders starts to burn the ladder that they're on, mm-hmm. right? And these seem to be made of kindling. They burn really quick. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So now, now they're basically at the gates. They, they fall to the ground. They're at the gates. But the gates are closed and we see them surrounded by four firebenders who start to just blast them with fire. And Aang puts up his his airbending shield. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, then we see Zhao appear. And like they're, yeah, they're cornered. They're, yeah, they're kind of doomed it. at this point. Yeah. Because, I mean, Aang can make the shield, but right. it's, yeah, I mean, there, there's four of them and one of him. Uh, and Zhao all of a sudden says, hold your fire. He says the Avatar must be captured alive, yeah. as we just talked about, His right? Sadistic plan. <laughs> well, yeah, and he can't, he can't, um, he can't kill him because mm-hmm. that that's going to create the reincarnation problem. So he says the Avatar must be taken alive. At this, the mask figure puts both swords to Aang's neck, mm-hmm. holds him hostage. Yeah, and it's like, okay, if he can't die, then I'm going to kill him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. or at least I'm going to threaten to kill Genius. him. Genius. Yeah, and uh, and Zhao understands this. There's this stare down between the masked figure and Zhao and it keeps sort of cutting back and forth between their eyes. Mm-hmm. And eventually Zhao relents and says, open the gates. And Aang and the and the blue spirit sort of back out of the gate very slowly. Yeah. And Zhao says in a very ominous way, uh, a situation like this requires precision, which means what? What is he going to employ? Oh, the, the archers, archers. Right? Because he says that's what that's where precision is. Oh, yeah. True. That's what we started the episode on. Right. So as they're slowly backing away uh, from the fortress, we see Zhao now up on sort of top of the wall. I don't know how he got up there so fast. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's stilts. Uh, the stilts. Right. Right. Uh, with one of the Yuyan archers. And he says, knock out the thief. I'll deliver him to the Fire Lord along with the Avatar. And at this point, we have... What you'd expect, this perfect arrow shot, which hits the mask of the blue spirit Mm -hmm. and doesn't kill him, but sort of knocks him back and knocks him out. Yeah. And on the floor. Yeah. He's like lying on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, Aang looks back at him and we notice... The the mask is a little bit off now, mm-hmm. and we we can see a little bit of the side of his the left side of his face. And what do we see? It's a little bit of a scar. Yeah, a long scar, Zuko's scar, right? Right. So we see that, but it doesn't seem like Aang does. Right. So it's actually an interesting moment in terms of storytelling where we're we're keyed into a piece of information, or at least they're giving they're laying breadcrumbs for us that Aang clearly isn't seeing because Aang doesn't react and he's going to react later to this. Right. 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 Um, so, uh, so, so we see the scar and then, um, you know, more arrows start coming and Aang creates a big like dust storm shield mm-hmm. to, to block this. Right. And you can um, see it from like far away. They show a cool shot of it. Right. Right. So then we see Aang go to the blue spirit and takes off the mask and he can see that it's Zuko. And he like, he freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. We see him like recoil. Uh, and he we- even starts to kind of run away. Right. And then. Right. And that's, I think, a really interesting thing. So he already once has had the opportunity to um, to escape. Right. In leaving the blue spirit behind him. But he doesn't know who the blue spirit is. Now he knows that it's somebody hunting for him. It's somebody who I guess is his enemy, right? Right. Oh, he doesn't trust Zuko at all. Yeah. yeah. So he has to make this choice. And it's like he takes about two or three steps 
to escape and leave Zuko behind and then he comes back. His conscience won't let him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because that, that's really who who Aang is, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and then so he's, he starts to run away, but then he, he goes back to rescue, rescue him. And I think that's where we're left in a commercial break. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we see we see Fire Nation troops running at them. Right. And then they get there and no one's there. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's sort of the, the, the cliffhanger that we're left on. So then we cut to the next morning, presumably, because we see the daylight now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see Zuko coming to in the forest, right? He's sort of laying in kind of a ditch hole mm-hmm. thing in the forest. Um, and he comes to and he sees Aang. And Aang starts talking to him. So Aang is sort of kind of curled up a little bit higher up than Zuko. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, the worst part about being born over 100 years ago, I miss all the friends I used to hang out with. Before the war started, I used to always visit my friend Kuzan. The two of us, we'd get in uh, so much trouble together. He was one of the best friends I ever had, and he was from the Fire Nation, just like you. If we knew each other back then, do you think we could have been friends too? Yeah. And when I saw this scene, I was watching it with my husband and he was like, oh, this is all quiet on the Western Front. Absolutely. And it's because it is such an intimate shot, too. You talked before about depth. And here it feels like you're sitting in the middle of the forest with them, Mm -hmm. like eavesdropping on this conversation. And even the way I don't know, I mentioned this to you. I don't know if you have watched the clip from all quiet on the Western Front, but even the the way that the characters are laying mirrors this scene. So it's a scene where Paul, the main character, um, he shoots a French soldier, mm-hmm. but then uh, he decides to care for that French soldier. Um, and and they're laying in similar positions, like the French soldiers injured on the ground. We have Paul kind of sitting up to the side, just like Aang. And Paul is kind of talking as this French soldier eventually dies, but talking about like, what life was like before the war and then saying he he says if we threw away these rifles and these uniforms you could be my brother so it's exactly like the same right conversation that's being had here and what i love about this scene is and i didn't talk about this before but the music during the battle at the fortress is great and it's like this this uh, it actually reminds me of some lord of the rings battle music oh, like yeah. like it's it's very like this thumping sound right and it, it's really like a it's really powerful and it and it builds pretty loud and then this is such a quiet moment then mm-hmm. right and it's this 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 quiet reflective moment and only one person talking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so so zuko's zuko stares at him for a second and then like starts to bend fire at Aang and Aang jumps and flies away. But Zuko, I mean, he's injured for sure, but he doesn't like chase after Aang. He shoots and then you see, like we're left with Zuko in the forest by himself and he just looks like he's thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very like pensive Zuko we get Mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, So then we see Aang back at the swamp collecting frozen frogs because remember, he's still on a mission to help his sick friends. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, or fading. Right. And we see Zuko, ret- uh, we see, th- we go back to the Fire Nation ship and we see Zuko returning to the ship. And Iroh is sitting there with the ruby monkey from he the pirate ship. He bought it. He, he bought did. it. It's a bargain. Because it would, it would look magnificent in the galley is what he said. Yes. <laughs> so he's sitting there uh, uh, and he asks Zuko 
where have you been? You missed music night. I was so happy when he referenced music night. And I was also a little bit angry because I was like, I want a glimpse of this. Why? We all missed it because Zuko missed it. Yeah, but. yeah. But but it is nice to know that they're calling back music night. He says, Lieutenant G uh, sang a stirring love song. <laughs> and Zuko says, I'm going to bed, no disturbances. And then Iroh begins to play his horn, which made me wonder, is that the Sungi horn that he bought at the market? Yeah, probably. Oh, I love all of this. We haven't gotten a ton of Iroh in the last couple episodes either. So it's like kind of where we left him was him bargaining. <laughs> right, right. Oh. Um, so what I liked about this scene is it reminds me of especially the Christopher Nolan Batman movies because you often see Bruce Wayne coming home in the morning after like, like these nights of doing the, you know, I think it's especially in maybe the dark Knight rises. uh, There's a little bit more of like Bruce sort of struggling with this other identity, you know, and it's, it's almost like, like Iroh is like Alfred. Yes. I almost said Edgar. Yeah. Alfred. Alfred. But what's interesting is like Iroh asks where he's been, but like, I wonder like Iroh knows, right? Yeah. He must, right? He yeah. has, I mean, he always knows everything that's I would going be on. shocked if he didn't. Right. Yeah. And so, like, so that's it. To me, it was this great moment. In the same way Alfred knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, I feel like Iroh knows that, uh, that Zuko has this alter ego. Yeah. And what I wonder is, was this the creation of the Blue Spirit? Or did the Blue Spirit, has the Blue Spirit existed before? Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and, and how is the Blue Spirit different than Zuko. And will, yeah, will it come back? Exactly. These right. are all, these are all like huge, huge questions. And I love too that I, yeah, and I, I like what you said about Iroh too. Like it's kind of a non-question. Like I think he does know because he's like, oh, you missed music night. And I feel like Iroh knows that Zuko doesn't care at all about music night, right? Like, right, right. It's like, I know where you actually were. Mm-hmm. And do you want to talk about it maybe? Yeah, yeah. And then we cut to Aang and how he's returning to his friends, right? Mm-hmm. So he gives them each a frozen frog to suck on, and he lays back exhausted on App on Appa's tail. And Soka, still delirious, says, uh, Aang, how was your trip? Did you make any new friends? Which sounds like a delirious mm-hmm. um Sokka line, but it's actually like a very poignant question. And Aang says, No, at least I don't think I did. Yeah. And he's really sad. Right, because there was actually this moment where he kind of reached out to Zuko and like he and Zuko worked together. Mm-hmm. So that question of did you make any friends is like, I don't I don't think so. I, yeah. You know, because this has been a show. We've talked about how this has been a show about as they're on this journey to the North Pole about Aang collecting allies. Mm-hmm. Right. And here is this moment where there is the potential with the two of them working together. Maybe Zuko could be an ally. Right. And Aang sort of, at least his take on it is, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I actually did kind of reach out at that moment. I saved him. Right. <laughs> and he saved me. Right. And I reached out at that moment and uh, he threw fire at me. He didn't uh, didn't accept that offer. Right. So th- this, this really poignant moment. So Aang rolls over to fall asleep. I got to say, Appa's tail seems like the place to sleep. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. when you're sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. wipe your tears with the hair. And then maybe we cut to what is maybe one of my favorite short scenes we've had in this show. Mm -hmm. So we see Zuko in bed and he's awake and he's kind of staring up and he stares at the wall of his his quarters and there's a big Fire Nation flag and he's staring at the Fire Nation Mm -hmm. flag and it's it's notable that he rolls away from it to sleep. 
He doesn't want to face it. Yeah. So it's like this, it's almost like this moment of like, this is part of my identity. Mm. This Because remember earlier in this episode, he says, my kingdom, my country, my throne. Right. And that flag represents his kingdom, his country, and his throne. And mm. he's wrestling with, is that me? Yeah. Is that, is that really my identity? And that he can't even face it. Like, I don't know if it's repulsion or shame or what it is, but mm-hmm. he has to physically turn. I didn't even notice that, but I like how subtle it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's great. So in the same way we see Aang roll away in sleep, we see Zuko do it, but it's, it seems like more meaningful in a different <laughs> kind of way. It's not just exhaustion, but maybe it's, I'm exhausted with this whole fire nation. Yeah. Maybe it's the way that Iroh expressed being exhausted by war, too. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. That's really, really interesting to think about. So then we cut to sort of the the, the button at the end of the episode. (laughs) We see Sokka and Katara finally come to as the frogs in their mouth start to thaw. And they, like, spit them out. And they're like, oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. And they're, they're, they're disgusted by it. And they they they're cured, but they look over at Aang, and Aang is asleep. Yeah, and and that, and, and it's a pretty abrupt end of the yeah, show. There's then. not really like any discussion. The gang usually like has a couple lines where they discuss. Sure, what we just get happened. our family moment. Yeah, yeah, nothing. It's just Aang, Aang dealing with that on his own. So I thought it was interesting as we move into thinking about the close of this show and and sort of themes and ideas. I thought it was interesting how they used the disease or the disease, the sickness, as a way to take Katara and Sokka off the board. Yeah. So that they could allow this to be a Zuko Ang episode where they're actually wrestling with each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a smart setup too cuz we do have them just coming out of like the storm and everything so to be sick. That's smart. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I think they did that well. So other big themes or ideas that you see coming out of this? I think I think because there were so many allusions to war and its impact on like the young generation and the idea that they grew up in this and they they were like socialized to hate each other and like socialized to think that they are enemies. And then you have a moment where they see humanity in each other. I like I really liked that. I thought there were maybe some elements here that felt anti-war a -hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think, I mean, we definitely see that at this point, Aang and Zuko now have, now are bound together in a very real way. I mean, they, they always were, their destinies were bound together, but now they're like, as people, they're bound together. Yeah. They've met before, but this is, this is different, right? Because they've each saved each other's life. Right. So in some cultures, they each owe each other their lives. Yeah. You know, like that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about because- uh, because Zuko didn't need to rescue Aang. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know for sure what rescuing Aang was about. Right. Right? Like, we can make some assumptions, but we don't know. And I think at this point, Zuko doesn't quite know. Yeah. Right? And Aang definitely could have loved Zuko. And Zuko is just off the board then. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so their destinies are now intertwined in ways that they never were before. Right. Um, I also love the fact that somebody, we talked about this, that somebody finally names that the Avatar uh, really can't be killed because of the reincarnation thing. So this gives Aang a kind of armor, Mm -hmm. you know, but it also leads to that, you know, I'm wondering story-wise, is there, because there's lots of stories, think about, uh, 
lots of there's lots of stories where where the hero character has to sacrifice themselves for the sake of their friends, for the sake of the betterment of the world, things like that. So it opens the door up for that in a really unique kind of way mm. because we don't need to question the death and rebirth. We know that would happen, um, but I don't know that a show for children on Nickelodeon is going <laughs> to – like I can't picture <laughs> – you know, Aang falling on his sword exactly. Right. But that's an it's interesting that that could be in play. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that this this series and this episode leaves you questioning a lot about how far a kids show is going to go. I mm-hmm. mean, even thinking about the nuance of like the enemy and how this person who we've been trained to think is a bad person. The last two episodes or the last I guess three episodes or two, uh we see Zuko's backstory and then we see Zuko and Aang connect on this like mm-hmm. really intimate level. Yeah. I-, I love that. I think it's it's really fun. Yeah, I feel like if there if I had any doubts that this is you know, we talk about this is Katara's story or this is Aang's story. It's like now it is <laughs> I'm all in that this is Zuko's story oh, as well. Yeah, I want to know what happens. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what's what's actually interesting is we don't have yet an Earthbender who is also it is also their story. Mm-hmm. You know we've encountered lots of them, but we don't have any that we would look at and say like, oh yes, it is equally Haru's story or yeah, like like, right. like we we've met them, but and and maybe that's coming. Right. Um, but right now I feel like we have those three, and then Sokka's sort of uh, along for the ride. <laughs> Delirious uh, Sokka. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I also think another interesting thing to to track is when I mean, we learned without learning reasons why we learned a lot more about Zuko. Mm-hmm. We learned that he has these other abilities, he has this alter ego and you know, I could imagine I could imagine the blue spirit fighting on the side of the Aang gang yeah. while Zuko is at least nominally on the side of the Fire Nation. Oh yeah, the double you know? agent. Yeah, and I, I mean, I actually, I could see episodes where he is really torn apart by those two identities. This is Kylo Ren. I mean, like this is like like they are setting this up. And again, this predates Kylo Ren, but <laughs> but it's what it is, right? Like it is it is the person who actually embodies that struggle. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Yep. Yep. Uh, I also feel like we we're getting closer to the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> like, like actually that, yeah that, that that map is there i know we say that every episode but this time it's like no it's it's real close uh other things um zao is clearly a rising star in the fire nation oh yeah we, we we now see this and i don't know that he can rise much higher other than what we talked about mm-hmm. um but he has let the avatar slip through his fingers twice i know that must do just so much for his ego i mean against his ego right, right? like right, right. this guy's all about control and I think the last question that that I sort of leave with is um, how loyal ultimately is Zuko going to be to the Fire Nation? Yeah. You know, because we get that – the closing shot we get of him is him literally turning his back out of yeah. exhaustion uh, from the Fire Nation. How loyal is he to the Fire Lord? Yep. Um, how might these identities continue to shape him? Yeah. I mean, that's those are the questions I just can't wait to see more of. Um, and, you know, as I always say – Episodes with Zuko are just better. I agreed. You know, so so this is a Zuko heavy episode, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I I I'm so curious to see where we go next. Now, Annie, we're doing something a little bit different this week because mm-hmm. you're going to be out of town next week. So this is the only episode that we are dropping today. Sorry, everyone. But next, it's a long one. Yes, so. <laughs> it is. It is. This is a very long episode. There's a. It's really meaty. You should listen to it twice. There's all <laughs> there, kinds yes, of. There you go. There's all kinds of Easter eggs that we've left in the episode. <laughs> see if you can find them. <laughs> 
Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this. Uh, next week, we'll be dropping episode 14. Mm-hmm. Um, which is called the fortune teller fortune teller uh if you're if you want to get in touch with us to show you can email us at channel 3900 at gmail.com please subscribe to the network uh this network is not just avatar with academics there's all kinds of great stuff mm-hmm. kind of all, across all topics yes yes video store uh we had a great episode this week mm-hmm. um where we talked about uh, a little bit lighter movie some like it hot we didn't which is also about shifting identities though so mm-hmm. if you like this shifting zuko Dude. identities they're shifting identities there I have that movie on VHS. I should tune in. Nice. Election shock therapy. We were in the thick of election season. Yeah. So this all is kinds of good time. stuff. Time Book, to shine. Bookish at Bethel keeps raising the intellectual level of this network <laughs> by leaps and bounds. So much. And you know what? Tweet Victory exists too. Yeah, so you it's there. <laughs> Try it out if you want. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have. We will catch you next week when we talk about episode 14, The Fortune Teller. <laughs> <laughs>